You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Triple play fantasies basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. A proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network, a familiar voice heading the charge. It's your boy, E Mendy, aka Doc. James is on his bachelor party. Much deserved time off. Coach, if you're listening to this, hope you had a good time. But I got the normal crew with me. I got the handsome movie minute fella himself. Brad, no twist, Kilgore. What's going on? It's good to be back, man. I'm, I'm ready to watch the Bucks take this down tonight. Okay. All right. Well, I guess now we know your NBA Finals prediction, even though we're just picking the East Coast. <laughs> I got the other guy with me, the bearded fella, Kevin. Mr. Du Bois under or Du Bois underscore twenty two Coleman that has to put out content daily to feel relevant. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good, feeling relevant, and I'm ready to go on vacation next week. Taking the daughter, the family to San Diego, and I'm 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 out for a week. I'm out of here, and I'm gonna re- reload. Ah, uh, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. You know, I think we all need these post COVID vacations, and everybody take everybody's taking their own week individually. We can't all take take off collectively a triple play. we got to produce some content, but we have a packed show to talk about. It's actually not that packed, but we're coming up on the peak end of the <laughs> NBA season. The finals are here, basically. The Suns have clinched the Western Conference. We're now heading into game six in the Eastern Conference, where the ESPN matchup is headlined by John Collins and Chris Middleton. And we're going to have a new champion. One that we have not had in a long time. And as an NBA fan, I am very happy for those fan bases. So we're going to jump in right away. We're going to talk about the Suns going to the NBA Finals. Their first appearance since 1993. I think we all expected Phoenix to improve this year. Making the playoffs was a success considering they hadn't been there since 2010. And here they go going to the Finals. So, Kevin, I want to start with you. How important do you think this is for the franchise? Do you think the Suns have a chance to compete? Kind of what are your thoughts on how the Suns have it essentially seems like have gone through the Western Conference without really any competition? Yeah, you know, I love Chris Paul and I was trying to think about the last time I watched him like when I really watched him play. He's been in the league since 2005. I was in high school then. And it's funny to think like I've been watching this dude play at, at, at all throughout college, high school, and he's still in the league. Um, I think it really is the Chris Paul effect. They did three things right. And Sarver there has been awful owner. So let's not give him a lot of credit. But they did like three or four things really good. They got Chris Paul. They drafted Booker. And then they got Aiton. 
And then they brought in uh, their general manager. They've done a lot of different things. Monty Williams is being there. So like they've done those, but those three things, Booker, Aiton and Paul, and they've been able to be able to cast around him. I mean, that was huge, but it looks like Booker has really taken Chris Paul's like mentorship and really used that this season. And he's grown as a player. So I love it. They're my team I'm rooting for just because I want to see Chris, Chris Paul deserves a ring uh, based on what he's done. And I think we kind of know, now who to think about with like i saw that meme or the i saw something earlier about like the hardened chris paul thing why didn't it work out and why is it working out here i mean part of the reason why is because these people have been injured but at the same time i just think chris paul found a team that listened to him and they were able to grow together and they and they won so i love it because chris paul is my dude yeah and the general manager can we all say that james jones is the real king james now <laughs> he did a great job man i you know, Kevin, you mentioned Booker has really taken some of Chris Paul's tutelage, but you can even see it out of guys like Campaign. Like, that was a guy who a lot of people said, you know, we don't even know if he's an NBA player. He's the dad master with Russ Westbrook out in OKC. But now he's a legitimate point guard. He's somebody, like, if Chris Paul decided he wanted to go to greener pastures, I don't know what would be greener, but if he wanted more money somewhere else next year, I, I honestly don't think Phoenix would miss a beat if campaign was their starting point guard. Like he's been that dominant throughout the season. Whenever Chris Paul's out, he's taking the full minutes and he's doing really amazing things with them. He can play at a fast pace. He can shoot, even though the shot's kind of ugly. Um, he's, he's really shown out. And I, honestly, this team is just, it's, it's built very well. Eric, like you mentioned, you know, James Jones has done an incredible job. Um, I, they can score at all three levels. Aiton has been way better than I thought he'd be. I thought he'd just be kind of a body that, you know, get a few blocks, get a few stops and not do much on offense, but he's been a legitimate person for, you know, that you can look to for, for buckets inside and defensively as well. Um, Booker is doing what he needs to do. He's taking less threes. He's being more efficient. If you need him to go get 50 points, he can. We saw what he did when Chris Paul was out. Like, this team is just really, it's built to win. And I'm not that sure that, you know, even without injuries, like if if they had to get through Kawhi and Paul George, I think they could have still done it. Like, this is a, a very balanced team, and I, I really think that they have a, a shot to win it all this year. What I think is really interesting is we talk about Chris, Chris Paul, and at 35 years old, we've kind of seen a resurgence in his NBA career. Because from uh, ages 31 to 33 is the Clippers in the two years with the Rockets. He missed 20 games each season, or at least 20 games. He had hamstring injuries. Yeah. It looked like his body couldn't hold up. It looked like he was on the decline of his career. And this playoffs, we've seen some vintage Chris Paul performances. I think it was game five against the Nuggets, where he had like 18 in the third quarter. I mean, he just looks unstoppable. That mid-range, anytime he takes it, you feel like it's going in. I, it's it's really great. And, and one of the things I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on, you know, we've seen the NBA have its shortest turnaround ever, and the Suns weren't in the bubble last year, but they have a lot of young players outside Chris Paul. And I wonder if those fresh legs, like the pace they play at, seems like a lot of teams are struggling to keep up with, especially yeah. like you'll see they'll be tied at halftime, and then the Suns pull away in the third quarter because they have that youth. And I feel like that. And they can play in the half court too. Like they don't need to do exactly. run and gun. Yeah, exactly. So 
It'll be interesting. I, like I said, Sun's first finals appearance since 1993. That was before I was born. Uh, Kevin, you were alive. So and I was, Brad, I was just too. born that year. I was just born. Uh, Brad, uh, let uh, me Brad. ask. Let me ask you guys though. <laughs> Let's say Chris Paul does not win a ring this year. Do you have him in your top five point guards all time? I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I I think it's so hard. And and Brad, you brought me to my next transition talking about the legacy of CP3. And I think Devin Booker as well. Chris Paul, I, I think it's very hard to to be the number one option as a guard. You can set people up. It's ultimately depending on them to be scoring. But I feel like how much you can control the game is kind of, is kind of limited because there are a lot of people taller than you. It's harder to drive to the basket. You know, people can double you at the half court. Yes, as a point guard, you're the engine for the team. But I think Chris Paul's longevity, I think his leadership, you know, I, I have an inside joke that I think that Chris Paul is an asshole and not enough people talk about it. But he's that asshole you want on your team. Like he he flops, he gets in the ref's ear, but his basketball IQ is one of the highest we've ever seen. I, I can't think of many people that like when they're backing him down, he pulls the chair and they travel. And yeah. that's those it's, those small things that he does, I think we've seen from very few point guards that have played in the league before. But that's the same kind of stuff that James Harden does that gets him a lot of a lot of flack. So I he just does it offensively. You know, I I think they're both crafty. Craft there's like a, a very thin line between crafty and like annoying. But um so I I do want to get back to the legacy part because I'm not sure. I'm there. Like, even if he wins the ring this year, I don't think Chris Paul's better than Magic Johnson. Okay. I don't think he's better than Oscar Robinson. I don't think he's better than John Stockton. I don't think he's better than Steph Curry. I don't think he's better than Isaiah Thomas. Um, like, I, I just, Steve Nash, I don't think he's better than Steve Nash. Jason Kidd. I'd probably give him the nod over Jason Kidd, but that's, really? that's yeah, he's another, he's okay. another guy. Like, I, I just think, in terms of a legacy, I think Chris Paul has done all that he needs to do to be cemented in that like top 10 point guards of all time, whether he wins a ring or not. But I just I don't think he can do enough to look really go into that that top five echelon. I, I don't I don't think he's there. That's just personally. I don't know. I wanted to see how you guys felt about it. So. Kevin, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on CP, but also Devin Booker's legacy. Devin Booker is very young, but he has a 73-point game to his name. A lot of people are saying he's the next Kobe, not saying the first Devin Booker. What are your thoughts on both of those? <laughs> well, in terms of Chris Paul, I mean, he's been doing it for, what, 15 years now, very consistently. Like, And, and when you look at his career, he had 11 All-Stars, 9 All-NBA teams, 9 All-Defensive teams. And like we talked about, yeah. like, that's legit. And with his ability to kind of do it on both sides of the ball, I think that, you know, when he looked at his 22 and 20 year three seasons when he was that age, he had a pretty good compared to what Nash did at his MVPs. Yeah, Nash wasn't MVPs, but that was kind of a down year. Those two years were weird flux of basketball, I felt like. Um, and I feel like I feel like I'm not going to say he didn't deserve the MVPs, but I think I think Paul is just as good as that. Like I'd put him above Nash. I, I think he's five. Like, but that's putting him again, and I think he's better than Stockton. Like, look what he was able to do. With, look what he's able to do at OKC. Look what he's able to do at these other teams as well. Like, he's transformed the teams that he's been on. So that's obviously him. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I, but I'm not gonna hate. Like, he's a. I think he's five. 
but I could understand like around seven or eight, like that's fair. But if he wins a ring, I think that's going to set his legacy apart. Like, Hey, this guy's did all this for 15 years. He transformed the game and he's a, you know, point God, like what he was is what you want from a point guard. And he did it on both ends and he was a distributor and he was a scorer. I mean, he did it all. I do think he's annoying, but I played like that. So I'm cool with it because that's how I played. Like I was a dirty <laughs> bastard. So like I did the same stuff that he did when I played because I had to, um, but I, and I enjoy it as far as Booker goes, like, He's coming to his own, right? Like, I think we left him off our under 25 list, uh, or we talked about him, but we're like, hey, I don't know. Maybe him playing at Phoenix was that, and they've always kind of been bad. So everybody kind of thought he was just a pure scorer on bad teams. Uh, But I I think I still think that I still think he's just a pure scorer. Like, I don't think there's much more. Like, I, I don't look to Devin Booker for his defense. I know he can play it, but I don't look to him for that defense. But even as a pure scorer, like Eric said, like he dropped a 70 ball. There's not yeah. a lot of people that can do that. So I I, I never that? really that's an interesting question you asked, Eric, because I've never really thought about his, you know, legacy because he's so young. Like I never He's been in the league for six years. Do you guys know that? I could yeah, that's wild. Yeah, right? I, I, I saw that the other day. But I, I, Brad, I'm curious, what else do you expect Devin Booker to be? Because I think he's an above average defender. I don't think they need him to be that Kawhi Leonard of old where it's like, okay, we're going to put you on the best player or the Pat Beverly where we're going to get in your head. It's kind of like he's the number one go-to option. You had mentioned he stopped shooting threes as much. I think his, his, uh, he's able to attack the basket better. I think he's better at, at distributing and creating for other people. What do you think Devin Booker needs to improve on in his game? I expect him to be the guy who has the most usage rate on the team and, and, you know, get to those Western conference finals, get to those championship games. So like what he did in the bubble last year over, over a course of a season. Okay. That's perfect. Exactly. And you know, that's, that's not fair for me to ask that of him this year, because that's going to be Chris Paul, right? Like his job is to dominate the ball and put everybody where they need to be. And Devin Booker's playing his role, and he's being a great teammate. We saw what he did this playoffs. He had a, I think he had a triple double with like forty points mm-hmm. just this playoffs when Chris Paul was out. So like we we know what he can do. I just when I think about legacy, I'd like to see that over you know multiple seasons because I know he's capable of it. Yeah, and it's certainly off to a good start. You know, six years in the league, dropped a seventy burger. Uh, a potential finals or and championship to add to his resume. So, you know, if he can keep this up, it, it's the trajectory is looking good. I want to what go to the other series. I have been a DeAndre Aiden fan since coming out of college. Um, I think you it's very hard for. Uh, yeah. To be honest, so so uh, Eric Mincer on our fantasy podcast or part of Triple Play Fantasy said that trade Chris Paul after this season while you can get peak value for him. And I think if you trade Chris Paul, I'm okay giving eight in the max and building around him and Booker. Okay. I Yeah, I don't I don't have an opposite opinion. I was just curious. I think I think Chris Paul has an opt-out this year, though. I mean, he could. He could always try yeah. to get more money. He's going to opt yeah. out of $40 million, that bastard. <laughs> I wish I could yeah. opt out of 40 million, though. But he's going to do it. Yeah, and he and he could get it elsewhere, you know. Yeah. Like he's proven himself. So, and the Knicks will probably throw him fifty mil a year for like three years. And they should. There. They really but should. I do want to go to the Eastern Conference, and as of recording Saturday the third, 
The Bucks have a three to two lead. Um, Giannis is doubtful tonight with a hyperextended knee. Trey Young not expected to play either. This is what we saw in Game Five. The Bucks came out a little bit more aggressive, taking a three to two lead. Obviously, both teams are not at a hundred percent. So, Kevin, I want to go back to you again on this. Do you think the Bucks close it out tonight? What are you expecting to see in this Game Six? Oh man, I don't know. This series is so weird because, like last game, I thought the Hawks were going to come out and. I thought that they'd be a better showing, and then the Bucks just put it on them. Um, I don't know if we're going to see another Lopez game like we saw uh, last game. Like, he went off. That dude's like Fresno over Lopez, here. Man. And then San Joaquin Memorial over here. Shout out to San Joaquin and Fresno. Jalen Green went there as well. Uh, that's where he went to high school. He was a stud. But, you know, I think I think that the Bucks close it out just because – they're pretty solid. They play very well together. And I think they've kind of ra- come together around Giannis being out and be like, hey, you know what? We're going to do this together and we're going to get to the finals because we want it. That's a powerful thing. Uh, so I think that they – I think they'll close it out. I think they're going to win this series. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, like, if they do win this series, I think that if you want a good NBA finals, we need the Bucks to win. Because I think I think the Suns will destroy the Hawks. I don't think it'll be close. Uh, so I, I want to see the Bucks win to see how that kind of plays out. And they match up way weird. Like, that's going to be a fun, like, hey, how are they going to match up here? Because that's a whole different other thing. So I think the adjustments and how they're going to adjust and do all those type of things is going to be fantastic to watch as a basketball fan. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Kevin, you had mentioned, I think betting-wise and just the the prediction-wise, it's gone the opposite of what everybody thought. Like, everybody thought the Bucks were going to blow the Hawks out game one, then the Hawks come out and win and Game three, everybody thinks it's going to be close in Atlanta, and Atlanta blows them out. Last game, it's like, okay, the Hawks are going to play well because Giannis is out and the Bucks come out aggressive. So it's been very hard to predict. It hasn't very, it hasn't been a very close series despite being 3-2. But, Brad, I want to go to you because you had mentioned you think the Bucks close out tonight. Why do you think that? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you can kind of boil these down to matchups, and they don't really have – the Hawks don't really have anybody – to handle both Middleton and Drew Holiday. And if if you know they're having off nights, then Brooke Lopez goes off. Like it's just a very balanced team. And now that Trey's not there, they don't have somebody to get, you know, get everybody in foul trouble, which Trey is a master at um with his with his switching of pace and and his herky jerky motions. Um I, I just think that if Trey doesn't play they really have no chance, and the Bucks have kind of demonstrated how that's been the past couple of games. But I, to Kevin's point, the Suns have not played anybody all season that's as long as the Bucks, and that's even if Giannis doesn't play. The Suns are going to have a real problem with Milwaukee, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch. So I hope I hope the Bucks win. Yeah, and the thing about the Bucks, if they do advance to the NBA Finals, is Phoenix has played a lot of traditional centers. You know, they played Anthony Davis. Flash, Andre Drummond. They've played Jokic, who obviously can shoot the three, but prefers to be an interior uh, offensive player. And then uh, the Clippers, a lot of times, threw Zubach out there until he got hurt. And with the Bucks, they don't have that traditional center. They roll out with smaller lineups that are longer. Brooke Lopez, a lot of times, plays the five and can shoot the three pointer. That's probably what he's known best for now. So I do think the matchup is very interesting. I think the Bucks win tonight, but I do give Atlanta a chance because I think last game it was like, okay, well, the Bucks aren't going to have their star player either. So we're going to, you know, it's a, it's essentially going to be even. 
And we saw that Middleton took over, that Brooke Lopez took over. Atlanta looked a little passive to begin the game. And I think especially being at home, Atlanta's going to be a little bit more aggressive. Nate McMillan is a great coach. He's an NBA veteran. Uh, we see the transformation that Atlanta has had ever since they fired Lloyd Pierce and hired him on an interim basis. And think about players like John Collins. John Collins is playing for a max contract. You think if he makes it to the finals, like the further he advances in the playoffs, the more money he's likely to get. So he's playing for that contract as well for these other people. They're playing to show, hey, we're more than just Trey Young and the Hawks. We are NBA players as well. But talking about Trey Young and Giannis a lot, I think it's we've seen a lot of injuries this postseason and season in general. Postseason, Kawhi missed the entire series with the Suns. Uh, Giannis hyperextended his knee. Trey Young uh, with his ankle. Uh, Bogdanovich. So Bogdanovich. Uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of getting hobbled around. Brad, I want to go back to you. What are your What are your thoughts on all of these injuries? Do you think it's something larger? Do you think it's just been kind of unfortunate? I honestly think it's it's more on the unfortunate side. Um I think if we, I understand the argument of like the the short turnaround has been, you know, causing these guys to all go down. But, you know, during the season, we didn't really get too much of the injuries. It's really just, it was all happening during the playoffs and it was all happening with the star players, which it, it made it feel very impactful. Um But even those star players, like they were being load managed anyway. Like it's, it's not... To me, it's it's not something that I think Adam Silver is gonna like crawl into a hole and be like, "Oh, I, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have rushed and and tried to get the money." I think he did what all the players wanted to do, and you know, by and large, this was a very positive season with a lot of you know crazy things happening. And every year, there's gonna be injuries, and that that just always happens. Like there's there's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way it happens. This is a a tough sport and it's it's very uh burdensome and you know there's always going to be injuries there but um i i wish it didn't go down like this i certainly don't i'm not one of the people that has like an asterisk on the on the the champion this year i think injuries are a part of the game and to take you know to take accolades away from whoever wins the championship this year is kind of that's not my style so I, I want to have – I have this crazy theory, and, and I want to hear – I want to say it and then go to Kevin. I feel like the past four or five years in the NBA, there's been that favorite. Like for the last couple of years before the bubble, the Warriors were almost a shoe-in, and it's like, okay, who's going to face them in the Western Conference in the finals and then lose in five? And there wasn't that much of an open window. And we saw after the first round of the playoffs this year with the Lakers getting eliminated, there were new teams, the eight teams remaining – after the first round, none of them had won a championship since 1983. And I feel like with LeBron out of the playoffs in the first round for the first time in his career, the Nets being banged up, the Warriors of old not being there, I felt like any team that was left was like, we can win it this year. And not that players don't give 100% all of the time, but it's like, okay, well, this isn't a regular season game. There's not a super team to face. There's not a LeBron. Why can't it be us? And they go that extra mile. You know, they, they fight extra hard for every possession. And when you do that, when you're, you know, more aggressive over the course of 
minutes, over the course of games, over series, I think that increases your likelihood for injury. Kevin, am I crazy, or do you think there is some validity to it? Um, well, I mean, you're crazy. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I, I gave I, you that one. That was a softball. Uh, I, I do think that – I think they all play hard. They're all professionals, right, like to the, to the degree, like – but I think to your credit, I mean, as a coach too, and as someone who watches that, like when you know someone's out, maybe they go a little harder. I've seen, I've seen kids do this and, and relatively these kids are young as well. Like these guys in the NBA uh, to your point though, I think that to Brad's point, I think a lot of this is just unlucky stuff. I think we're talking about this now because LeBron mentioned it and then yeah. it blew it up. Like had LeBron not tried to get involved somehow and say, Hey, look what I said and do that i don't even think we're talking about it. it's like oh that sucks but a lot of these guys that got hurt it was unfortunate play it wasn't like they were just like non-contact injuries a lot of it was yeah. hold your ankle basketball injuries knee stuff that happens all the time and some of these guys have been getting hurt they're always hurt like or they get they have these nicks and bruises anyway so i, I don't think we're necessarily talking about like oh my god there's a revelation of injuries i think we're just kind of unlucky but at the same time i like to see this new crew of guys going to win a championship now like i think it's it's good for the game. Like I know some people are like, "Oh gosh, a Bucks Phoenix." I'm like, I love that. Like as basketball purists, like I think we'll like it. Yeah, you know, TV market and stuff. But I think it's overblown because LeBron, and th- that's what happens with LeBron. That's what he does. And on top oh, yeah. of that, like whenever you have these injuries, you have like great teams like the Warriors getting high draft picks. You know, back in the day, like Boston had the number two pick and and could go get Len Bias. You know, like, and they had just won the championship. Like, whoa, whoa, Brad, whenever Brad. you have that too soon, too soon about Len Bias. It's yeah, been thirty six years. Right? That hasn't, <laughs> it's, it hasn't even hit fifty yet. All right, but it's like, it's always very cool when you have this dichotomy of, you know, new young upstart talent that can actually win and possibly win a championship, versus like the old guard who has you know won their fair share share of championships and then they get some new blood that, you know, can either take up a different role or, you know, shift the the whole dichotomy of the league. Like, change is good and it's it's exciting and it's going to keep the league relevant. I think this season was a success regardless of of what happens now. Yeah, and I like the point that Kevin made about, you know, a potential Bucks-Suns finals. You know, it's it's not the same big market teams that we see. And, And, you know, in baseball, there's not a salary cap, so the rich can stay rich and... You know, you'll have a team like the Rays that you know are, are well-managed and have a good farm system, able to make an impact. But in basketball, you know, Kevin is a Lakers fan. Brad and I are Wizards fans, and we've been following oh, since the oh, early. Oh, I am not a Lakers fan. I'm oh, Kings fan. Kings fan. Kings, sorry. Do not sorry. put that success on me, all right? Leave uh, me also, right. to this not success. But also, I, shout, I, out, shout out to Giannis, man. Like, he, the dude re-upped, and he didn't have to. He, and he made he's going to make the finals, it's looking like. Like, that's... That's the kind of thing that other stars can say, okay, let me just flex my power and see what I can get done here. Like that's, this is all great. And, and I, I think that's a really good point, Brad. What I was just saying to, to wrap up is I think it gives hope for people that have been fans of teams that have been mediocre organizations at best, mm-hmm. you know, the wizards and yeah. Kings have had maybe a few flashes in the pan where they've shown potential. None have had any conference finals since 2002. So if the Bucks have gotten there, and you know, I remember watching them with the Michael Red days, the Suns have gotten there when you know they had the the 
Stephon Marbury, the Sean Marion, you know, going back to the Steve, Na- Steve Nash run and gun days where they didn't even make a finals appearance. And here they are with this young squad. It gives you some optimism that maybe there's a little bit of shift of the balance and power. The last topic we have today, and Brad had mentioned a little bit, you know, a lot of these teams like the Warriors have struggled last season. They get a high draft pick and they look to contend in the future. The Pistons getting the number one pick. Looking good for Motor City. Ben Wallace gets into the Hall of Fame. They are looking to get a player that can turn around that organization. They actually showed some promise at the end of the season with Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Grant, I think has been a was a very, very great signing. Kevin, you and Coach James cover this a lot. Your NBA draft or your NBA lottery mock draft, which if you haven't seen, please do, was exceptionally done. If you're the Pistons at number one, I know you're a Jalen Green guy. Is that who you would take? Uh, well, that's who I would take uh, just because I think he fits their mold better. They need scoring. Uh, we just did a Pistons breakdown, me and Coach Lewis. It'll come out on YouTube, I believe, next week. And we went over the everything they need. And the biggest thing team need-wise was scoring and shooting. Like Those are the two biggest needs for them. Uh, and I think Green fits that mold. Now, they're, I think they're only working out Cade Cunningham, so I'm assuming they're going to draft Cade, which is not a bad – I mean, Cade's great. Uh, but I would go Jalen. I, I know – I think Brad feels the same way as I do. Uh, but I, I'm also a little biased because I watched him. I, co- I coached against him, so I've seen him play multiple times. I've only watched Cade on TV. I've actually seen Jalen in person multiple times. So I think he can transfer the game if he gets a little bigger and gets a little stronger. But I, he's going to be an immediate scorer. Like, if he goes to the Rockets – we could see Jalen Green averaging like 18 points next year or 20. That'd be, like, great. That'd be great for a rookie season. Brad, yeah. you're uh, you're the GM of the Pistons, who I can't think of off the top of my head. But are you taking uh, Jalen number one? So I think when you're drafting that high, when you're drafting at number one, you don't draft for need. You draft the best player. Last year, I was a big proponent of you know drafting Mellow Ball for the Timberwolves. They ended up taking – um, uh, what's his name? Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, and that ended up being a great pick for them. It worked out for all parties involved. This year, I kind of feel the same way, and I think the best player available is not going to actually go number one. To me, that guy's Jalen Green. Um, Jalen Green is just a flat out scorer. Like I've never. Uh, Kevin said he might average eighteen twenty. I'm thinking like twenty five. On this, on a Rockets team that the only other person that they can go to is is Kevin Porter Jr., who will also average twenty five in his own right. Um, You don't like Wall, honestly. Was that you don't like Wall? I like like him, but it it doesn't. He's he's the kind of scorer that it doesn't matter who else is on the team. He's gonna get his buckets. He's not gonna have to force it. He's just gonna. He's just a smooth shooter. He moves very fluid. He reminds me a lot of a young Bradley Beal, but he's quicker and he's better off the dribble. He's he's just I haven't seen a prospect like this in a long time. And coming from the G League where he's been playing against professionals, grown men for a year now where, you know, Cunningham has been playing against college kids and had a tendency to kind of disappear on occasion. And I think Cunningham is. He he reminds me a lot of Ben Simmons, and that might be like in my subconscious because he they both went to Mount Verde. But I, he's a guy that he's gonna get the boards. He's gonna play defense. 
He's going to get, you know, he's going to get the assist. He's a great floor general. He's great downhill. But he's not very offensive minded. Like he'll show he can do it, which is something Ben Simmons never did. But I don't want to draft somebody number one who I have to ask them to do everything. I want them to just do it. And with Jalen Green, he's going to do everything for you. He's going to fill out eventually. And even if he doesn't fill out, he's just a straight bucket getter. He's going to be in the league for 15 years. Um, if you watch a highlight tape of him, you'll you'll see immediately that he's an elite scorer at a very young age. So I like Jalen Green. Um, and, and I'm not going to act like I know more than Kevin because he studies more prospects than I do. I think you, you do have to go with Cade Cunningham looking at his season stats. And obviously, this is college ball, not the G League. 20.1 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 43.8 per- percentage uh, from the field. I think Jalen Green is a great scorer, and I know the Pistons do need that, but I don't know for the chemistry if that works in well, where he comes in and he right away acts like he's the 1A when I think Jeremy Grant has shown that he's a better ball player being the number one option. Now, can Jeremy Grant be the number one option on a contender? Probably not. But I don't think the Pistons are one draft pick away from being in contention. So I think with Cade Cunningham, at 6'8", you can put him at multiple positions if you want him to bring the ball up, if you want him to play the three or the four, if he can put some weight on or depending on what team that you're playing. Um, I think he just showed, even though Jalen Green was good in the G League, we're talking about his scoring. And if he has a bad shooting game or if he starts taking bad shots, I don't think he's nearly as effective. I don't think Cade Cunningham necessarily needs to shoot the ball to be an effective player. And I think with the Pistons, that's what you want is you want I hate saying safest pick, but somebody that you know is going to be a solid pro. Yes, he might not ever be a superstar, but you know there's a very good chance that he could be an all-star. Jalen Green's going to be a superstar. Like, I'm telling this dude is incredible. And there's, like, you look at Mellow Ball, like, there's something to be said for guys who, once they start playing, like, they don't need... They don't have that thing going through their mind where, like, can I play with these guys? Am I an NBA player? He's already played pro ball. Like, he already knows. Melo already played pro ball. Luca already played pro ball. Like, they don't have to worry about if they have what it takes to be in the NBA. They already have been pros. Cade might get off to a slower start because he's he's gotta he's gotta learn, you know, what it's like to be in an NBA locker room, what the travel's like, where he fits in. Who does he need to dish off? Like, there's just there's a lot to to go into an all around player as a rookie, whereas Jalen will only have to score and he can develop other things later if he so chooses. If he just wants to be Brad Beal and just get buckets, yeah, that's going to be fine too. He'll be able to do that. So I have a question for you guys: uh, What day and time do you meet for your I Love Jalen Green fan club? <laughs> Our We're snacks open 24 every day. 7, baby. 24 7. Our, sna- our, our snacks provided. We're like the Waffle House, baby. We, we You can right. come anytime. We'll give you that take no matter where you go. I, I mean, Absolutely. to me, if you have the number one pick, Eric, you're taking a superstar. Yeah. Kate is a safe 8 to 12 year player and a rotational guy, maybe. Jalen Green I, could be the dude. And I, to be honest, I think. I think Cade Cunningham could end up being a superstar as well. Like I think he's the kind of guy that could end up averaging a triple double. It won't be his rookie year, 
it might be like his, you know, fifth year in the league when he's he's comfortable and he's, you know, he's got his his footing and everything. I'm not saying Cade Cunningham doesn't deserve to go number one. That's not my decision to make. But if I if I choose the best player, I think that's Jalen Green. And I saw somebody I say get- that uh, Jalen Suggs should go one. I'm sorry. Jalen Suggs is the next yeah. Josh Hart. You heard that oh. here first. Next Josh Hart. I, I like which, it. I like it. Which is a solid piece. He's a solid yeah. piece. I, and that's, but that's Josh not Hart. Josh Hart's cool. I like Josh Hart. I, I think the thing with me with Jalen Green is. Like I, I mentioned his scoring, you know, I've watched his highlights. I've seen him play. Don't think he necessarily has the best shot selection. I think with a lot of the younger demographic and players coming in, they see Steph Curry, you know, shoot far threes or James Harden, James Harden dance and hit a step back. And they think that that's the way that they can do it. And there's very few and far players that can score like that. And even though they make it seem easy and effortless, they put a lot of time in their craft and they didn't go into the year or into the league year one being able to do that. They've really honed on their skills, but did you just give a boomer take? Did you just boomer take me? Was, like that's my job. That's your now. Okay. That I was, makes I was, fun of me. I was, oh, I, was cringing. I was cringing as you were saying it. <laughs> these old, these young kids watching Steph Curry shoot threes, change the game. Yeah. That's, that's a Coleman take. That's not a you take. What is happening since, right now? Since when, since when are you not supposed to watch the best players do things <laughs> and try to copy them? Like that's how this world works. Yeah, but it's it's something that has a higher probability of not happening. Like very few they, and they practice them now. Like that these kids practice shooting thirty feet. Like that's that's just what they do. Like this the same way we used to practice mid rangers, they practice thirty five footers. Like they they can hit them. I yeah. I mean I they can't do it at Stefan Harden's level. And I guess that was a boomer take and I guess that's how we know that this episode is running out because I have to redeem myself next week. Kevin's rubbing but, off on you, man. I, yeah, I I've, been hang, like I've, I've been hanging out with Kevin too much. Next thing you know, <laughs> I'm going to start growing a beard and spending Friday nights taking my future daughters out for ice cream. So, Sounds like a nice life. It's not a bad life. It's not a bad life. But that is it for this week. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have a finals preview of the Suns and what we all think to be the Bucks, and really dive into that series because we're going to have a new champion in our lifetimes. And I think especially if it is that matchup, there's going to be a lot to break down. I'm Doc, along with Kevin and Brad. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Stay safe, and we will catch you guys next time.